In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash. And I'm Mike Bobbitt, and this is Ideal Remake. Welcome to a special mini episode of Ideal Remake. I'm Mike hanging out with Sam here. Hey Sam, how are you? Doing well. So Mike, I was on the Facebook group this week and you put up a post asking people about the movie Seven. Can you tell me a little bit about the post you made? I'm having a hard time lately separating the art from the artist and I can't really enjoy art made by people who have been outed recently as despicable. And that's been particularly a big problem with Kevin Spacey movies because I really liked Kevin Spacey as an actor. Particularly, I love the movie Seven. So I thought, why don't we just remake Seven and have someone else as John Doe and then just recast the whole thing. So I posed that on our Facebook group and our community there is super cool as always. And we had some thoughtful and some pretty funny comments on it. So I thought together we could just kind of go through it and uh, see what we thought. Yeah, why not? So (laughs) my favorite probably starts with the first comment and that's from my buddy Jeff Sidek who agreed about certain actors. But for John Doe, he thought Bill Skarsgård who plays Pennywise in the It remake would have been perfect for the character. And initially, I I was kind of against Bill Skarsgård because I think what makes John Doe such an interesting villain is that he's just the everyman. Well, and I I actually thought that was a good point because you then take a look at Kevin Spacey in The Usual Suspects and the whole thing that makes him interesting in that movie is that you don't suspect him when the movie came out. I saw The Usual Suspects for the first time, let's say six months ago, and basically as soon as the movie started, I was like, oh, it's Kevin Spacey. It's definitely Kevin Spacey. There's no chance in the world, spoilers for The Usual Suspects, there's no chance in the world that it's not Kevin Spacey. Basically, the conversation I had with my friends I was watching this movie with were basically like, yeah, that's because you're seeing this movie now. When this movie first came out, no one would have suspected that he was whatever the character's name, I don't remember. Kaiser Soze. Yeah, you're right. But at, with Seven in, in particular, Kevin Spacey left wanted his name left out of the credits. So it would be a bigger surprise that he was John Doe at the end. Which I think is interesting. And so you guys are saying that you needed just a standard mid-20s white guy, today's society, just look super average. Right. I thought Colin Hanks and then our buddy Paul Duggan, who I've dubbed the third chair here because he really keeps our Facebook community alive. <laughs> uh, he pointed out that Colin Hanks was already cast as the everyman secret creep on Dexter. So that was a good point. And Jeff pointed out that out of makeup, Bill Skarsgård kind of looks like your average mid-20s white guy. Certainly like an average mid-20 white guy walking around LA, minus the fact that he doesn't have a beard, and I've never seen him in a flannel shirt. Right. Well, then you guys got in this whole like making puns out of Skarsgård's name, which is great, and I highly support it. But then this other kid came along and said, okay, fine, I'll do it. And that got no response on Facebook. And he's just this standard guy, mid-20s, super easy, super easy going. Because, Sam, I didn't get the joke until just now. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm good, Cassie. I thought you were saying, okay, fine, I'll do it, that you're going to start doing Skarsgård puns. No, I said, okay, fine, I'll do it, I'll do the part. Sam, are you a secret serial killer? You'd never know. I have the perfect cover. Yeah, you really do. You are very unassuming. I, uh... I want to go through some of these puns, though. Go ahead. So Jeff wrote, Scar's face. Dougie wrote, Skarsgardians of the galaxy, which is my favorite. I mean, he also misspelled Guardians, but it's fine. Calling you out, Paul. Misspelled Guardians. What's happening now? Jeff said bodyguards. Dougie wrote a good day to 
Skarsgård. Oh, because he spelled it like Skarsgård. Uh, nope, he spelled it like Skarsgård. That's my fault. Paul, you are right. I'm wrong. I'll just quietly sit over here. I- I'll just quietly be unassuming over here. Yeah, let, uh, let me uh, <laughs> let me do the heavy lifting here, Sam. <laughs> Joe Ranta, he does all the camera and video production for XICW Wrestling that our buddy DJ Dangler announces. Uh, he said Skarsgårding Tess. I said Skarsgård boiled <laughs> and Skarsgårding Henry. So that was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I suggested Ryan Gosling because he could outpit Brad Pitt as Mills, especially with that breakdown at the end. And then uh, yeah. my my buddy Ted Craig that I went to high school with uh, said, uh, but then Emma Stone would have to play the goop part. I guess that means, is Gwyneth Paltrow's nickname goop? Beats me. Because Gretchen, our buddy Gretchen, says, I want Kim or any Kardashian to play goop part, only so her head is in the box. Our friends are very dark. They are. At some point, Mike, I'm probably going to have to bring up the fact that I haven't seen the movie Seven. Oh, oops, spoiler alert. I love the movie. I love the movie Seven to the point that I had a, I don't know how to fit it in my act, but I have a bit about all the first run movies I could watch at my apartment in LA were in Spanish. So I'd watch the movie Siete and the guy doing the Brad Pitt voice was just nailing it going, que esta la caja, que esta la caja. But the Kevin Spacey guy was just phoning <laughs> it in going, hola, la cabeza del Gwyneth Paltrow. And it's like, come on, man, that's not even her character's name. <laughs> Maybe Goop is the nickname of Gwyneth Paltrow's character in the, uh, I can't rewatch Seven to find out now because I hate Kevin Spacey that much. Two things. One, I, I'm actually familiar with the concept of the movie Seven simply because you've told the story before about uh, how when we first met, I did this thing, you hated me and then we saw each other again at a, a channel 101 screening and the reason why i'm familiar with the movie seven is because at that screening where we re-met and uh you said hey, that's the guy they did uh the season finale for a one of the channel 101 series called um uh fish bowls are definitely my thing mm-hmm. and their ent- their entire season finale was a parody of the movie seven to the point where the love interest at the end of the movie uh her head is found in a fishbowl i don't remember any of that you were definitely there i know i was there but my memory is terrible. <laughs> but I mean, so there was an article I read uh, a little while ago that talked about, basically, I think the title of the article was, what do we do with the art of despicable men? And it was basically taking like the movies of Kevin Spacey and Brian Singer and all these different movies, and, was, like, and especially people like Woody Allen, because we've known Woody Allen is despicable for a long time. And yet we, we st- a lot of his movies are still made. And especially um, one of his movies that's really defended is the movie Manhattan, which I saw in college, but it's basically, about the character Woody Allen dating a much younger woman. Like, I think she's 16 in the movie. And especially in the context of what's happened in the real world, it it's really uncomfortable to watch, I'm told. And let me see if I can find this article because basically this woman was talking about how for her, especially because of all of the different things that have been happening in Hollywood, which are great. She, some of her favorite movies, she felt that she couldn't watch anymore. And so she was having to put up like a mental barrier separating the art from the artist. Yeah, I, I can understand having a need to do that. I, I just have not been able to find that ability yet. And it makes it really hard because I really enjoyed Louis C.K. I can't watch Louis C.K. now. No, well, that especially because it's not, well, something to be said for stand-up comedy as art versus anything else. Uh, the the article is by Claire uh, De Durer, D. E-D-E-R-E-R and it is called What Do We Do With The Art Of Monstrous Men and she wrote it for the Paris Review. Basically, if you're interested in reading this article, any of our listeners, all you have to do is type in What Do We Do With The Art Of Monstrous Men and it's the first hit. I'll have to take a look at that later. Let's go back through seven. Jeff Sidak also suggested for the two detectives Michael Shannon uh, as Somerset and Daniel Kaluuya in the Brad Pitt role, which I thought would be really good. Detroit comedian Kenneth Witzgall also uh, wrote OMG, that would be really cool. And then Jeff was surprised to find out that Michael Shannon is a lot younger than he would have guessed. Michael Shannon's only 40 
43. Michael Shannon's younger than me. I mean, when did Michael... Sh- what, what? How long has Michael Shannon been acting? Michael Shannon started as part of the Steppenwolf Theater way back when he was a kid. I don't so, know when he first broke through in movie roles, but I know one of the first times I remember seeing him on screen was during 8 Mile. Whoa! Michael Shannon was in Groundhog Day. Like, his first feature film credit is Groundhog Day. Wow. So he had to have been I don't know. late teens, early 20s for Groundhog Day. This was in 1993. I don't know who the character Fred is. Okay, then Michael Shannon would have been 19 years old when he did Groundhog Day. Wow. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my buddy Joe Sawicki wrote that James McAvoy would be good for John Doe because he was stellar in Split. The only thing I really liked about the movie Split was James McAvoy. Did you end up seeing it? Of course I didn't, Mike. You know better than that. Well, it's more of a thriller. It's not a horror movie. Well, here's the thing. Monsters don't get me. It's the it's the tension and the thriller aspect of these movies that I really don't enjoy. Like, because I'm in a very empathetic person. So, like, if people are terrified and, like, <gasps> like on screen, I, I connect with that and I feel those emotions too and I don't like that and that's why I can't watch those movies. But like, I can watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That really surprises me considering some of the acting roles you've done have been in kind of thrillers and high tension roles. That you would think just from being in the production of that, that you would be able to separate it. Or I love that it still gets you, but it, I, I don't know. I think it's endearing, Sam. I do my best. Yeah. I mean, I've told you like my, uh, I've, I've told on the podcast my, um, uh, shoot, Zombieland story. No. So part of the reason why I continue to not watch horror movies is because I I physically can't. Um, When I was in college, I had some friends who were going to see the movie Zombieland because it was still in theaters. And Zombieland is a comedy. Um, And it's super funny. And I went with them to see it. They're like, Sam, it's a comedy. It'll be fine. I'm like, okay, I trust you guys. We'll go. And so we go to watch Zombieland and I'm enjoying the comedy of it. I'm enjoying that. But like, it's still a horror movie. It's a horror movie comedy. And we get, it's only an hour and a half long, but we're an hour or so into this movie. And I look down at my hands and I'm physically shaking. Like I'm having a physical reaction. Wow. I, I, I literally had to stand up and walk out of the theater because I, I couldn't take it. And so like that sort of like physicalness of it is why I, I unfortunately just can't watch these movies as much as I probably would enjoy them and probably enjoy the lore of everything. Right. All right. Well, let's jump back into this. My buddy Hugh Orr. Oh, I love this idea. I wish I had the film knowledge to have yes anded him. He wanted to redo it taking place in feudal Japan where they were samurais instead of cops. That would have been so cool. Did samurais do a lot of investigation? I mean, they were kind of the police. I, I could see them for the sake of honor going through and trying to figure out who's killing people in a village. I love the idea. If they were going to do that, though, I feel like it, the movie would have to play in reverse. It would have to start with the head in the box, and then it moves on to the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. That's often what that, that's often what instigates these uh, uh, Japanese-style samurai movies, is, like, it's something personal to the person, and then how that expands into the greater world. Yeah. And, like, his honor is first affected, and then he has to, and then his honor is further uh, uh, hurt by the fact that, like, more things are being done and he still hasn't been able to stop it. Kurosawa could have done this, playing with the timeline so beautifully. It's a shame that he's gone. I was so bummed that everything I thought was a Japanese movie was actually a Chinese movie. The only person I could think of to direct it nowadays would be Takeshi Miike, who did Ichi the Killer. That's how limited my Japanese cinema knowledge is, which I'm so ashamed of. I want to expand upon that. When does he come out with Scratchy the Killed? Sam, I'm going to uh, maybe cut that out (laughs) completely. It's a good joke. (laughs) I'll leave it in. We'll let the audience decide. It's an itchy and scratchy joke, Mike. I didn't not laugh because I didn't get it. Steve Pierce originally thought Ben Foster would be good as John Doe. And I really think that Ben Foster, aside from his role as Russell in Six Feet Under, has always been kind of creepy. So then Steve suggested Paul Rudd, which I thought would be so good for that. I just got done watching Mute 
on Netflix, which a lot of people knocked, but I liked it. I, I don't think it's Duncan Jones' best movie, but I thought it was good, and Paul Rudd ends up being a real creep in that. Dougie thought the idea of, <laughs> instead of Gwyneth Paltrow's head, the box just explodes with streamers <laughs> would be the perfect ending. I love it. Dougie's such a weirdo. <laughs> oh, and then this was cool. I urge people to check this out. I never knew about this. He also suggested that all three roles could be played by William Shatner, which I didn't know was something that they used for the, they did for the MTV Movie Awards years and years ago, and they shot it, and then Dougie put a link to that in our Facebook group, which was so funny. It's William Shatner as Somerset Mills and John Doe, but it's like different era William Shatner, where like, it's TJ Hooker, William Shatner as one of the roles. It's so funny. You know, weirdly enough, I'm not going to watch it now because it would be sound on our recording, but like, I almost think I've seen that. Like, because like, there was a bunch of years when I was a kid where I was watching MTV Music Awards, but I feel like I've seen that for some reason. I don't know why. It's definitely worth checking out. It was only a couple minutes long. Uh, Mason Eubank, who's a friend of mine from here, thought it would be neat to have a sequel with a copycat and have Morgan Freeman as the retired detective from the original, and then the um, copycat would be killing based on Heavenly Virtues, which I almost feel like may have been done. I'm not 100% positive, so. I would believe that that has been done as well. Yeah. Gordon Widener, who's another one of my friends here, suggested Michael Pitt from Funny Games, and Hedwig is in the Angry Inch for the John Doe role, and I think that would be good. Michael Pitt, very good actor and can play creepy really well. Ted Craig, that I went to high school with again, uh, suggested Brian Cranston, and says he has a hard time watching Naked Gun. So do I, because once Leslie Nielsen realized that he was funny, he was just really hard to watch trying to be funny. Well, yeah, that's why the first Naked Gun's really good, but you have a hard time watching the subsequent ones. I think he's thinking about OJ. I don't know. Oh. OJ was found innocent. Yeah, but he also just admitted in a, uh, they just had a, like, I think it was a buzz, no, a TMZ article talking about how, like, he admitted to a reporter that he definitely did it. Nah! Do you want me to find this article? I know where it is. I don't believe it. OJ's a people's champion. Wait, no, that's The Rock. I really wouldn't particularly want to smell what uh, OJ Simpson is cooking. Yeah. Did you listen? They did a, uh, an, a, I'm pretty sure it was an episode of uh, This American Life, but it may not have been. I don't remember. Where they basically talked about the short-lived OJ Simpson reality show, where it was going to be like a gotcha prank show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw episodes of, or I saw parts of that. You've been juiced. Yeah. Which is just, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, did you ever do a prank called, show with any of the acting that you um, I did one, and I hated it so much that when they called and asked me to go back, I said no. I've never really liked the idea of prank shows, because the whole point is that literally everyone gets to laugh, except for the person who's feeling awful. Right. What one and did you do? For the, the, I don't remember. The prank show episode I remember was, it was these uh, women uh, having lunch with their mother and telling them that she was going to be some guy's fifth wife. Mm-hmm. Like, she'd found this guy, and she decided she wanted to be a sister wife for this man. And just like confronting these poor mother these mothers who are just like convinced that they were about to lose their daughter forever ha ha let's laugh at that what a fun prank show i hated it it was awful it sounds I, like, awful. every single time i wanted to go up to the mom and go it's not real it's not real just, like these people would be sobbing because they'd be convinced that their daughters were joining a cult or leaving them forever and it, it's just the worst i the worst i did an episode of abc family's freak out i ended up playing a paramedic in and we had to pretend you know there's no script it's an unscripted show and one of the few things that was legit real like it wasn't all set up ahead of time i've done one of those court shows that was all I've done so much stuff that... Well, yeah, of course yeah. Fake. I'm in one of those Chevy I mean, commercials. You can't, you can't have a gotcha show without a gotcha moment. Right. I'm in one of those Chevy commercials that, you know, they're real people, not actors. And of 
course, they're actors. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I did ABC Freak Out, and that was really fun, except for I realized how hard it was to improv as a paramedic, not knowing anything about being a paramedic other than what I saw on television. So we just started, like, ratting off acronyms and stuff. Like, give me an ALK tube, and figured if we just said stuff that meant nothing, the victim wouldn't know either. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And then, finally, my buddy Ryan McDonald, who's a very talented actor here, suggested Ross Marquand to play John Doe. And I was looking him up. I wasn't familiar with anything that he did by looking at his IMDb credits, but then I saw that he is one of these guys who's really great for impersonating celebrities, and I think I've seen YouTube videos of him. IMDb says he can do over 50 celebrity imitations, including Kevin Spacey. Dang. Yeah. So that was fun. Join our Facebook group. It's a it's a good time. And if you're interested, the article about O.J. Simpson on TMZ.com is called O.J. Simpson Confesses Murders to Book Publisher Judith Regan. Send me a link. You got it. Okay. Um, um, so if you, listener, are interested in hearing us read Facebook to you. Uh, <laughs> that's all this was, wasn't it? That's that's all this was. Um, then you can go uh, online and maybe cut out the middleman and do it yourself. Join our Facebook group. That's all this was. We wanted to talk to you about how amazing uh, our Facebook community is. And really, please do it. We, we love having the conversation. We love when people chime in. And sometimes people come in with like ideas that we never would have thought of. And it's just fun. We post questions. Other people post questions. Paul Duggan is super involved and he does a lot of fun things they post. Sometimes they feel forced because he feels obligated to post something and he's not. So come on down to the Facebooks, check it out. And you know what? We love you. <laughs> yeah, this was an experiment. I don't know if it worked or not. We'll find out. We'll let, <laughs> just tell us if it worked or not. <laughs> this is worse. I, I mean, this is worse than watching someone play video games. What did you do this afternoon? I listen to a couple guys read Facebook posts. <laughs> I mean, we you listen to they listen to one guy read Facebook and one person uh, politely nod his head. <laughs> we'll be back next week with a regular episode. Uh, see you guys then.